welcome to Coffee, Chew, and a Chat. I'm your host, Sahir Gill. I'm a current professional hockey player and aspiring entrepreneur. Every episode features a conversation with a guest centering around their career, their passion, and the journey to discovering how to connect the two. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. If you're looking to discover your true calling, listen weekly to guests that were in your shoes and learn their story. Now, to the interview. Okay, welcome back to Coffee, Chew, and a Chat. Today, I am joined by someone that I'm not too familiar with, which is new for me. Um, he's a five-time Ironman, uh, and he's embodies wellness um, to a whole nother degree. I think uh, in the last few years, um, you know, wellness has gotten a lot of popularity, but this is someone that's been doing it for a long time. And I think uh, you see a lot of these legacy brands that are starting to get taken over by some brands that uh, are really putting values at the forefront. And, and he is um, the figurehead behind a lot of those cool brands. And I'm fortunate enough to, to be talking to Eric Hinman today. Eric, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm excited for this chat. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, so I just want to kind of get in right away, maybe how you started with, with Ironman competing, if there was a shift that happened, or if you kind of always been into the, uh, you know, just kind of pushing yourself to the limits. Yeah, so um, Ironman training dates back to like 2009. And prior to that, so I graduated college in 2002. Um, I started an insurance business where I was driving 50,000 miles a year. So sitting on my ass, not living a life of health and wellness whatsoever, very much, you know, working on the weekdays and partying on the weekends. And by my mid 20s, like I had gotten pretty out of shape, you know, I had a little gut and um, wasn't feeling that healthy in the afternoons. Like I felt like I needed a nap. I didn't have, you know, this unlimited energy that, you know, I, I, I have, have now. And I hired a personal trainer in my mid to late twenties that helped me get back into aesthetically good looking shape. And then I signed up for a 15 K so nine mile run. I had a running background. Um, I ran in, in high school track and cross country, um, and that 15 K just like crushed me. And that was kind of eye opening for me that, you know, you can be aesthetically, you know, lean and muscular, but maybe not fit. So, um, I started running again and doing more cardio based things with my personal trainer. It was more strength training and like highly anaerobic conditioning. And in 2009, a bunch of my friends in Syracuse, New York, had uh, were riding these fancy bikes with four handlebars. And more than anything, I thought the bikes looked really cool. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? What is that bike for? And they're like, triathlon. I'm like, what's a triathlon? <laughs> they told me the is. I was intrigued. So I started road biking and I bought a triathlon bike and signed up for my first sprint triathlon in, in 2009 in upstate New York. And the way they do triathlons, um, they break it down into like age groups and male, female. So, you know, you can fairly easily place in a local triathlon because of how many different divisions there are. So in that first triathlon, I think I came in like, you know, third or fourth place in my age group. So it was empowering. I'm like, wow, I think I could be kind of good at this sport. Um, you know, I had no swimming background. I almost drowned in that short 800 meter swim, but you know, the bike and the run, I passed a lot of people and, 
it just was really addicting. It, it reminded me of, of entrepreneurship and business in that, you know, it's an individual sport and your results are directly correlated to how much purposeful practice you put in. So I started doing these mini triathlons every Wednesday night in uh, Jamesville, New York, and I would win them every single Wednesday. Like I was getting pretty fast and fit and I would go hard, like really hard every Wednesday. Like it was a race for me. And then I would sign up for like a local triathlon. And there was this guy, Mike Corona, who kept beating me in, in all these local triathlons. And, you know, at this point, you know, I, I'm looking pretty fit. Like I'm lean and, you know, muscular from doing CrossFit type workouts. And I'm like, why the hell is this guy beating me? He doesn't look as fit as I am. So I ended up hiring him as my coach. And um, that, that was kind of the, the changing point from like just exercising and going fast and, you know, burning calories to like actually training purposefully. Um, he taught me the Maffetone method which is taking your age uh, and subtracting it from 180. And that is approximately what your aerobic heart rate zone is. You, you can better get it from like running a 5K or doing a, a bike time trial and seeing what your, your max average heart rate is. And then you can figure out your heart rate zones from there. So anyways, he taught me that I had to slow down to speed up, especially for endurance sports and Ironman specifically. So um, you know, he backed me off to like, uh, 845 per mile pace when I was used to running like high sixes, low sevens, but my heart rate was like 160. And he's like, you can't go above 140 heart rate. I want every single one of your workouts to be below 140 heart rate so that you can build an aerobic engine that'll allow you to run more frequently and longer distances. And like an Ironman, a marathon, oftentimes they're more limited by durability and, you know, your ability to burn fat for fuel and your nutrition plan than they are like fitness per se. So, you know, it took me several months to listen to him because I just felt like 140 heart rate. I felt so slow, but, you know, so I started that training in 2010 by 2014, I could run 20 plus miles at a 630 pace at a 129 heart rate. And it was from doing very little speed work. It was almost all just that, you know, long, slow aerobic conditioning, like just, you know, being a racehorse, like, you know, just listening to his plan, following it and executing, you know, not overthinking anything, not doing anything outside of the plan, just like following it to a T. So, you know, that's what allowed me to really excel in, in the sport of, of Ironman. And, you know, obviously the same holds true for, you know, a lot of things to be successful in them. It's kind of putting blinders on and, you know, having a plan and then just attacking it on a, on a daily basis until, you know, you reach that, that goal. So you know, I made uh, qualified and competed at Kona, the Ironman world championships twice, uh, and that was just an incredible chapter of, of my life. You know, I'm so glad that I wrote it, but I'm also so glad that I didn't make it like a, a lifestyle that I became addicted to because, <clears throat> you know, at, at that level, when you're racing in Kona, it's very one dimensional. Um, you know, you, you just have to be this aerobic monster. You're running, biking and swimming a ton. And you honestly have to really neglect strength training and anaerobic conditioning in order to you know, be a really, really good endurance athlete. And like, I just kind of like being well-rounded. I like being strong. I like being anaerobically fit. I like retaining muscle mass. Um, and 
yeah, my training now, it, it allows for that where I do, you know, CrossFit sessions. <clears throat> I still do a lot of aerobic cardio, but I very rarely do over like 90 minutes or two hours of any kind of aerobic cardio. And, you know, kind of the same with the strength training. Like I usually don't go above 90 minutes of, of strength or anaerobic conditioning in a day. And I try to keep the anaerobic uh, workouts like really short and really purposeful to not, you know, overdo it on my nervous system. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story. It's amazing just to hear, um, you know, consistency, of course, being the key and just kind of how long that you've been at it. And even um, to hear your story about purposeful, purposeful practice, because um, it really is such a, such a key. You can do the same workout, you know, you can back the weight off 15% and, and just really connect to the exercise and get a better workout than, than just kind of ripping through and, and, and trying to do those things. And, and yep. I think um, really beneficial too. I think even say like from, from a hockey player's perspective, you know, you've been coached your whole life, um, you know, and I'm always surprised to, to see, say people in your shoes and, and, you know, a lot of successful people that no matter how successful you get, uh, a coach is still going to be necessary that we all need to be calibrated. And it's important to have that uh, viewpoint that's, that's a little bit removed from kind of what you're doing to, to be able to, to kind of stay aligned with, with what you're looking to do. Um, and lastly, just from your training, um, just that you can't cheat the, the, can't cheat the process, right? The fact that you had to step it off and, and I'm sure there's a little bit of ego that goes into that at first where you're, you're used to running and pushing a little harder and, and, you know, that delayed gratification where it's, you know, okay, maybe it's a little bit more monotonous with your training and, and you're doing things that are, you know, against maybe what your instincts are, um, you know, but having that, that belief and that trust, um, you know, I thought that was, that was really cool. And, and just kind of how translatable that would be for, for a hockey player. Obviously we're used to the similar stylish of training, you know, as far as intensity and those kind of things. And, um, you know, myself, the last, uh, you know, a couple of years here, you know, 5am runs have kind of been my thing and, and just, you know, realizing, like you said, that ultimately your goal is to, is to feel your best, right. Um, you want to feel optimal in, in any way, if you, you know, if you're going for a hike or you're, you know, you're carrying things, uh, you know, to a campsite, little things like that. You know, I've, I've always heard that, um, you want your fitness to just impact your general life. Um, yep. walking upstairs, you feel strong and good, and it's not a, uh, a task or a chore, you know, little things like that. Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I want to translate you to here or kind of point you to is that you've, you know, had this career now in Ironman where your, your focus has been competing. And then, you know, you've, you had a little bit of self-assessment there and realized, okay, this is the direction I want to go, you know, retain a little bit of that muscle mass, be able to kind of push it in different uh, avenues and not solely focus on the race. Um, and now, you know, from, from when I started following you on social media, all the brands that you work with as an investor, as an ambassador, all seem to embody that. When, when did that trend, uh, shift kind of happen for you? Where is that something that just kind of uh, you were able to attract based off what you were doing or is those opportunities that you went out and, and uh, searched for? Yeah, a combination of the two. So um, 2016, Oakley reached out to me and invited me to spectate the Ironman World Championships and promote some new sunglasses they were coming out with. <clears throat> I think I had a following of maybe 10,000 then. And that was kind of my aha moment that, wow, like brands are going to start shifting their, their focus and their marketing dollars towards people with these niche followings. So yeah, from that, that trip forward, I started, you know, being really thoughtful with all of my posts specifically on Instagram, you know, to either like evoke some kind of um, emotion, you know, for me, that's generally inspiring people um, and, or add some kind of value, um, you know, something that people can take away and, you know, hopefully apply to their life or share with, with others. 
And, you know, as I started doing that, you know, more people were engaging with, with my content and, um, I started working with more brands. And as I worked with more brands, more brands took notice and, you know, started reaching out. So I never thought that it was going to become a, a business, but I'm also opportunistic. So, sorry, the smoke alarm's gone off. So I, um, yeah, I mean, I 100% took advantage of the opportunity of brands paying people to, you know, create content for them and, you know, promote products that I'm super passionate about. Yeah, I, that's, uh, it's cool to see that it happened organically, because like you said, you were kind of at the, at the start of that shift, right? And for a lot of years, I think it's something that we're all aware of now, but, but back then, you know, at the start to be approached by a brand like that, just to be, like you said, you know, with a niche following to be able to, you know, to have, uh, to be an ambassador and, and the doors that's kind of opened up for you. Um, I've, I've noticed, you know, just with, with hockey in the last little while, you know, you're starting to see a lot of more personality come out, uh, within the game and, and that's, that's needed obviously. Right. I mean, listening to you yeah. talk to your products, um, you know, if you're just reading off, uh, you know, the benefits that are on the, on the website, you know, no one's going to, going to care about that. Right. There's a, there's a connection that you have as far as the product and how that relates to your life. Um, you know, and you got to be willing to be a little bit vulnerable and a little bit comfortable, uh, being uncomfortable in that sense. And I think that's, um, a shift that, that is really starting to hit hockey. Uh, and I really look forward to the next couple of years. And, and, um, lastly here, I, I just wanted to kind of talk to you just because you are like, for me, I would say, you know, you really have, uh, you know, wealth or sorry, wellness and health kind of locked down as far as, you know, the systems that work for you just in, in, in terms of general, uh, you know, health and, and, you know, immune system building, energy system building connection to the soul, just kind of maybe some daily practices. I know the last couple of years, um, you know, the focus of, of how the longevity of our life and the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis, how that uh, impacts just maybe a couple of things that, that, uh, that you, maybe you focus on throughout a day, you know, whether it maybe it's not specific about time in the, in the ice bath, but just about, you know, three, four pillars of your day for, for health and wellness. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, structure is super important. My days are very structured. Um, you know, it's generally uh, a workout in the morning. That's when I do my strength training and anaerobic conditioning. Um, lunch is pretty much the same time, eating the same things every day that I look forward to. Afternoon is aerobic cardio, mountain biking, trail running, you know, out in the sun, outside, connecting with nature. And I like doing skill-based activities over, you know, more mundane activities. So like, I prefer trail running instead of road running and mountain biking instead of road cycling, because there's an element of skill associated with those that produce this tremendous flow state during and after and and just keep you in the moment and, you know, teach you presence. Um, And then in the evening, I have this recovery routine that I do almost every single day. It's three rounds in a sauna and then cold exposure. So I'll do about 20 to 25 minutes in a hot sauna around 200 degrees and then five to seven minutes in the ice barrel. And again, two to three rounds of that day in and day out. And, you know, immune system, mental clarity, unlimited energy, reducing inflammation, um, stress resilience, like there's so many compounding benefits of that fairly simple practice compared to a lot of the other things, you know, I do like, you don't need any skill to go in a sauna or to go into a cold plunge. You just need some, you know, some drive and some mental resilience to, to do it the first few times. And yeah, then you become addicted to it. And, you know, also, 
you know, from a community standpoint, that's where I meet some of my best friends are in saunas and doing cold exposure, jumping in cold streams, hosting those type of events again, where, you know, you don't have to have, you know, skill or fitness to do it. Like just come join. We're going to have a great conversation. And hopefully this is something that you can implement into your life to become the best version of yourself. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, especially hosting events too, and just kind of bringing like-minded people uh, together. Like you said, you know, a lot of your practices are, are about, you know, entering that flow state and spending as much time in the present moment and, and to, to be around a, a bunch of people, you know, focused on the same thing. I know, you know, for a lot of people spending a couple extra minutes in the sauna can be difficult or getting in a cold tub can be difficult. And, and there's a, a certain type of person that, that does that with a smile on their face. And I think that's, uh, you know, like they say that your product, your environment and, and being able to build a bit of a community around those kind of practices is, is very neat. And actually, you know, one of these days here, I'd love to, to come be a part of that as well, because uh, the creek, the creek plunge that you do looks, looks incredibly uh, peaceful, man. I gotta, I gotta say, every time I see that, I'm like, I gotta go find a creek now and, and get in there. But um, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. No. That's my favorite where you're in nature doing it. You know, having others around is awesome, but yeah, after most runs and, and mountain bike rides in the mountains, you know, I just jump in a cold stream on the way home. Yeah, that's, and that's, yeah, that's uh, everything, everything is, uh, is right there for us, you know, that uh, the universe has already kind of provided and, and just spending the, the time to say, hey, that, that creek looks cool and, 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 you know, spending the time just to, to kind of connect with nature in that sense, I'm sure is, uh, has been very beneficial for you. Um, I want to I want to thank you so much for for coming on and 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 just kind of sharing your story and and just kind of um, you know your experience as far as you know like you said you're an investor you're a brand ambassador with a lot of things and, and you've been able to align that within um, your lifestyle and, and kind of what you want to do and, and I know there's going to be a lot of guys that um, you know maybe they they understand their platform but maybe not what they can do and just to hear even your story about Oakley reaching out to you and kind of where that went and, and just the eye-opening experience as well you know because once you once you see the opportunities it's hard to, to to sit there and be passive on them when you know what's what's out there for you so um oh, sure. thank you so much and, and lastly i just want to you know we do the a cafe and a, and a restaurant uh, shout out so if there's a place that you like to get uh coffee that's uh eric Kimmon approved and and maybe your your uh, favorite restaurant and you know, some people that have obviously endured the last couple of years and, and shown great humanity, um, you know, throughout it all. You bet. So, I mean, some of my favorite places in Denver that have a great atmosphere, good energy, good nourishing food, um, Just Be Kitchen. My good friend Jen owns that uh, right downtown Denver, uh, the Rotary Restaurant. I'm actually hosting a run club and a cold exposure event there this Sunday. Um, Brian and Scott, incredible people. They have really, really good rotisserie chicken. And then, um, so coffee, I actually have been, uh, getting beans and I have a process every morning of, uh, making espresso for myself, my girlfriend and any people we have staying at our, at our house. I love like starting the day with this tiny win of trying to perfect the perfect pour of espresso. Um, so lately I've been getting my beans from, um, these roasters out of Milwaukee called Milwaukee Roasters. That's awesome. Well, uh, that's very, uh, it's, it's cool. It's a new, new twist to, to how we've done it before. And uh, I like to make my own coffee as, as well. So I think that's cool that you start the day with a challenge. And I'm sure uh, if you do want to enjoy a cup of coffee, you got to, you know, get, uh, get in the, get in the Creek, get on the, get on the running trails and, and, and attend one of your retreats. And I'm sure they'll get the opportunity to, 
to meet you and connect with you and, and kind of get a feel for, for all the things you do. Cause I think, uh, you know, the systems that you put into place and, and just the growth mindset that you kind of live with is, is inspiring to watch. And I'm, I'm glad that I was able to, to come across your page and, and follow along. And once again, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that you took the time to, to talk to me here today. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you get up to going forward. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out to here. Looking forward to connecting more. Awesome. Awesome. Have a good day, man. Appreciate it. So you much. Too. See you, brother. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please like, share, subscribe, or leave a review down below.